Well, again, good evening, everyone. Merry Christmas. Uh, sorry, a little too soon, maybe. Uh, for all of everyone who's joining virtually with us here this evening, we're glad to be here with you as well. Uh, this is Maundy Thursday, one of the uh, greatest evenings of worship that we get a chance to gather in this year, and uh, I'm excited to do that with you here tonight. My name is Ben. I'm one of the pastors, and uh, we got some fifth graders. Can I get, if you're a fifth grader, can you give me a thumbs up? All right, lots of thumbs up going on here, so uh, very exciting. Uh, I was thinking about tonight and thinking about the time that I had my first communion. And so I think we actually have a picture, a couple pictures of that. Uh, there we go. It's like three feet of just handsome right there. Uh, if we want to go to the next... There we go. Uh, I was actually in second grade when I had my first communion. Uh, and not only did I have my first communion that day, but I also was confirmed that day. Imagine how much of the Bible I knew. Pretty much nothing. And so I didn't know. I think I got like a piece of cake and uh, something that day. So I was excited. Um, but I'm excited to be here with you all today, fifth graders, with your families, with parents, uh, grandparents, aunts, uncles, friends, and family. Uh, we're excited to be here with you. And we're celebrating this table we call Holy Communion. Holy Communion. Uh, and if you are a fifth grader, you got a chance to uh, kind of uh, go through the fifth grade instruction a couple weeks ago. You got a chance to learn a, a little bit about the Seder meal and what that all entailed. And uh, one of my favorite things to do, you know, as I've been reflecting on this season is uh, just to gather around a group of people uh, around food. I mean, everybody loves food, and so there's just something special that happens when you can sit down and just laugh together, enjoy a meal uh, together, and be in each other's uh, company. And so as I was thinking about, like, really awesome meals that I have uh, in the course of my life, there's one meal once a year that I have that is the biggest, most fantastic meal. It's a holiday pretty much dedicated to eating whatever you can. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Thanksgiving, I think I heard someone. Thanksgiving, right? Uh, Thanksgiving, very much like the Seder meal. Like Seder meal, you have the salt water. I think I saw some, a picture of someone drinking that and their face was all like messed up. Uh, the salt water, you got the like parsley, the romaine lettuce, the roasted lamb, uh, all these different pieces of this, of this meal. And then when you think of Thanksgiving, what comes to mind? What's in a Thanksgiving meal? Turkey, yes. What else? Potatoes, there we go. Stuffing, my favorite. There we are. Uh, corn. All right. Does anyone, fifth graders, do you like cranberries? <laughs> you sounded really passionate about that. No. Uh, not really cranberries. Stuffing you got to love. Uh, you know, when I think about heaven someday, I just feel like heaven is just going to be like swimming in mashed potatoes and gravy. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. Uh, but thinking about how wonderful this is. And yet, think about a Thanksgiving meal. As wonderful as that is that we get a chance to just, like, eat whatever we can once a year, how do we feel after eating a Thanksgiving meal? Tired, like, exhausted, like, oh, my goodness, there's only so much you can eat, and then you're just, like, shot, and then after another hour, you know, you just are ready to eat, right? I think one of the things we miss is pie. Like, you got to come back for a dessert almost immediately. Uh, when we are talking about tonight... Tonight's a little bit different of a meal, but honestly, I get honest, a little bit more excited, actually a lot of bit more excited about the meal that we're going to get a chance to share tonight than I even do about Thanksgiving, which is crazy because you think about Thanksgiving, like all this amazing food, and yet again, Thanksgiving meal, as wonderful as it is, you're tired afterward and it only fills you for a time. 
But the thing about communion, the, the body, the blood, the, the uh, bread and the wine is you eat it and you don't feel tired, but you feel energized. You feel renewed, like there's this sense of like newness of life. It's not like you're wanting to go to bed afterward. It's like you're ready to get up and just go out for the day. Because there's something different about this meal. When we think about Thanksgiving, this is something that we're feeding our body. And then pretty soon our body's going to need something else uh, a little bit later. When we talk about communion, the Lord's Supper, Maundy Thursday, we're talking about a meal that has the power to sustain us forever. To sustain us for all eternity. It doesn't just feed our body, but it feeds our soul. Because it reminds us in this meal that we are loved. It reminds us in this meal that we are cherished. It reminds us in this meal that we are God's and we are forgiven and we will never be let go by our Father in heaven. This is why it gives us a little bit renewal and it helps us to move forward. And so in just a little bit, we're gonna open the Bible together and we're gonna dive right in. Uh, but I wanna do a little experiment. We're gonna kind of play off this idea of reminding, uh, being able to remember something. So if you're in the room, I'm gonna say a couple different times of life and I want you to raise your hand if you remember that time of your life. Uh, so if you remember learning how to ride a bike, I want you to raise your hand. All right, so many hands, cool. Uh, if you remember the first time you learned how to tie your shoes, raise your hand. Hey, there we go. Uh, if you remember the first day of school ever, only because there's pictures, I think, is for me. All right. Uh, if you remember the first time being in a global pandemic, raise your hand. Okay. There we go. Everyone's honest. Okay. Uh, the, if you remember uh, the first time taking your first steps, raise your hand. Oh, only just a handful, and it was probably like three, four years ago. Okay. <laughs> Um, there's all these different things that we kind of remember a lot of them, and sometimes we, we have a little bit tougher time remembering whether it's just because it was a long time ago or some things are more important, uh, some, some things uh, not as important. Uh, but when we take the Lord's Supper, when we take communion, God is wanting us to remember something very important. Jesus had this last supper with his, with his disciples, with his best friends, and, and they're eating together, they're laughing, they're enjoying this time, they're singing songs just like we did tonight. And then it began to get a little quieter. And he leaned over to his friends, and he began to say these words and to pick up bread, and that's where we pick up in our passage here tonight. In 1 Corinthians 11, it says, I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. If you're a fifth grader, uh, we got a chance this last couple weeks to talk about uh, something in our church we call a sacrament. There's two sacraments that we have in church. One is baptism, and the other is the Lord's Supper. It's communion, right? And so what we celebrate is that God is teaching us something in these sacraments and that we have like an earthly element that kind of helps us to, to celebrate the truth of the gospel that we see. And so in baptism, uh, that earthly element, what's the thing that we have poured on ourselves, fifth graders? 
water, right? And it's the sign of being re-washed, like washed clean in uh, the blood of Jesus, that he has made us clean because of his death on the cross and resurrection from the empty tomb, that we are joined to his death so that we can be joined to his resurrection. And then we come and celebrate the Lord's table. We celebrate communion, and, and we have for his body, what is the thing we use? What do we use for his body? Bread, right? And then for his blood, we use wine, juice, wine, right? All these different things. Hey, that's okay. I asked him to, to say it. Uh, he just like covered his brother's mouth. Uh, uh, so we use uh, bread, we use uh, juice, we use wine to remember that his body was broken, his blood was shed, as we heard from there, for the forgiveness of our sins. This is something that God wants us to do continually so that we can be forgiven of our sin. But then we hear what he says in that passage. I want us to to read that again. He says, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And he took the cup and the juice and he gave it to them and said, this is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. You see, what he's saying is when we take communion, it's more than just eating bread and drinking wine, drinking juice, but we are called to remember his body broken because of the bread and his blood shed for us because of the wine. And in our other gospel, if you remember, it's in John chapter 6, verse 51. Jesus even says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. And so I want you to think with me, what do you think Jesus means by living bread? When I think of something living, I think of like, it's got eyes, it's got a nose, it's got ears, it's got a mouth, and I'm just like, I can't imagine eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and looking at the bread and it's like this face that's on the bread, right? It's a weird, I wish I wouldn't have said that. Uh, <laughs> it's, a weird, it's a weird joke, uh, but it's this reality of like, is that what Jesus means? No, he's not talking about actual living bread, but what he's saying is that he himself is living bread. He is alive. Even though he died on the cross, even though he had the nails pierced in his hands and in his feet, even though he hung up on that cross until he died, he is alive. Three days later, he was raised to life again so that we can be with him. It's the promise that not only is it just that Jesus is alive, but whoever comes to him and believes in him and places their faith and trust in him will not perish anymore, but will have eternal life in him. This is what he's saying. You say when we take communion, there's different understandings of what exactly is taking place in communion. There's certain churches that believe that the body, or the, the bread, excuse me, actually becomes his body. And that the, blood, the wine and the juice becomes his blood. Like it's no longer bread, it's no longer wine. It is his body and it's his blood. And then you have on the other side of things where they don't believe that it's a literal statement, but they believe that it's symbolic, that his bread represents his body, and that this juice, this wine represents his blood. And where we would say is that we think it's somewhere in the middle, that it's more than a symbol, and it's uh, something where we do believe it is bread, it is wine, uh, it tastes like bread, it's bread, it tastes like wine, it's wine, but also we believe that Jesus is present in this meal. And that this is a way that we can encounter a holy God in saying that, hey, you know what? I need forgiveness of sins, and he is here with us tonight, and he provides forgiveness of sins 
for us through his body broken, through his bloodshed. It's more than just eating bread. It's more than just drinking wine. It is being united with him in his death so that we can be united with him in his resurrection. And I think about, you know, at Hope, that's why we come together. We take this meal together once a month so that we can remember the moment that we stop eating this is the moment that we remember this truth. There's, there's a reality that when we read the Bible, yes, we read the Bible and we can hear it and we savor it and we can enjoy it, but there's something that happens when we don't just hear something, but that we can actually take part in something and that we can eat this, we can drink this, and we can be made new. I want you to think about this with me. Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years. Is anyone in here 2,000 years old? Fifth graders? I saw one hand. There you go. You're looking pretty good for 2,000 years old. You got to teach me your secret uh, following the service. 2,000 years. That's a long time. And I just asked myself, how are we supposed to remember something 2,000 years ago? I can't even remember barely when I learned how to tie my shoes like 20, 25 years ago. This is 2,000 years ago to which Jesus says, take communion. Remember this by the bread. Remember this by the wine, that this is the sacrifice that I've made for you. As I've been thinking of other ways to understand this, I was thinking about those who serve in the military. If you've served in the military, can you please raise your hand if you've given uh, and sacrificed of yourself? We as a congregation just, man, we thank you and we we just love you and appreciate you so much uh, because we recognize that freedom in our country is not free but it comes with a cost and it comes with a sacrifice. And that's why we have freedom. And that's the same with the cross is that forgiveness of sins is not free, but was bought with a payment of his own body and his own blood that was shed on a cross. That's why we take communion here together. I was thinking of one more thing to help us kind of illustrate this a little bit. All right, so this water up here I'm super thirsty. I'm not actually going to drink it. But this is us, okay? This is me. This is you. And I want you to think, we grow up and God creates us in his image and we are pure. We are blameless. Like he makes us his children and and we grow up and everything is good. But as time goes on and as we get older, the more things that we get to, we begin to do to kind of turn away from God and start to do our, our own thing. Fifth graders, we maybe say a word that we know that we shouldn't say. Maybe we uh, are not a very good friend at school, or maybe our mom and dad have asked us to do dishes five times and we are playing video games instead. Maybe that one hits a little close to home. Um, Maybe, you know, you said something that you shouldn't have said. You watched something that you shouldn't have watched. You did something that you shouldn't have done. And all of a sudden, you, you looked over and cheated on a friend's test. You, you lied. You, you stole something, whatever it is. And here is our story because of the sin of the world. Now, fifth graders, if I were to ask you, who wants to come and drink this? Would I have any takers? Okay, <laughs> there you go. There's always one. Okay. Uh, probably not. This is like, oh, this is disgusting, right? And yet, this is what represents each and every one of us here today that there's no one who has lived to this point of life who has gone without sin, and we have been stained by this sin, and this sin has separated us from God. But what it is that we celebrate in communion together is that this is not the end of the story, but that while this was our story, Jesus came 
and he lived a perfect life and he died a sinner's death on the cross. He took our punishment upon himself and three days later was raised to life so whoever believes in him should not perish but should have eternal life. You see, no longer is that our story but Jesus has made us white as snow. As much as we may dislike the snow tonight, it's a reminder of how much that we've been forgiven. It's a reminder that those stains are no more, that debt of our sin is no more, for it has been paid, and we can be with Jesus Christ forever and ever, all because of what he did on the cross. And so as we take communion tonight, fifth graders, for the very first time, this is a time to, re- to recognize that, yes, I've maybe done stuff I shouldn't have done, I've disobeyed my parents, I've lied, I've cheated, I've stolen, whatever it is. But it's a time to come to Jesus and say, I ask you for your forgiveness. And he gives you this forgiveness because of what he did on the cross. And as we eat that bread and as we drink that wine, we can remember that this meal is so much greater than just a Thanksgiving meal that is here for a time and and makes us contend only for a short bit but that this meal will keep us alive for all eternity. That is the goodness and grace of our God in Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight that by Jesus' death and by his resurrection, we have new life. The old is gone, the new has come. That you have covered our sins, past, present, and future for anyone who would turn to you and come to you in faith. And so, Father, thank you for these fifth graders tonight who get a chance to receive this the first time. May you meet them in a powerful way and remind them of who they are in Jesus Christ and who they represent in this world. We ask this in your son Jesus Christ's name and all God's children said, Amen.